Amen. Psalms 107, we are talking about a series entitled, And They Cried to the Lord. And this morning, I want to talk to you about diseased places. Like I said, we're going to kind of have a doctor's visit this morning, so we're going to prepare our hearts for that and go to that Holy Spirit hospital that we believe that we are here at Sanctuary and see what God has for us today. So in the time period of Hurricane Katrina, when Hurricane Katrina hit, there was a helicopter pilot named Ian McConnell. Uh, And he's going to help us get an illustration this morning. He said when he was during that, that rescue attempt, just after the hurricane came to New Orleans, his crew kept five H-60 helicopters airborne around the clock to lift stranded people off of the rooftops in the lower part of New Orleans. And they were to take them to the Superdome. He said, on the first three missions, we saved the lives of 89 people, three dogs, and a cat. And on the fourth mission, however, to our great frustration, we saved no one. Not for lack of trying, he said. He said, on the fourth mission, dozens we attempted to rescue refused pickup. Some people told us simply just to bring them food and water, and he would respond to them each time, you're living in unhealthy conditions, and the water is going to stay high for a long time. And he warned them, but still they refused, and the article reads, they did not know how desperate their situation was. And I read that, and I thought about how sometimes we are that way as believers or those that are struggling to figure out God. It's that we might want God to answer a prayer or God to help me in some way, but I kind of want it on my terms. And sometimes we don't know how unhealthy our condition, our situation really is. We don't have the helicopter God-like perspective to see the devastation all around us of how we are living our lives or maybe what's coming our way in the future. And we're just saying, God, would you just answer this prayer? God, would you give me a quick fix? Just food and water, God. But God's saying, no, no, I want to take you from the place that you are and transplant you to a new location. I want to change the way you're living, you're thinking, you're doing. I want to change it all in your life. And sometimes, if you're honest with me, I'm that way. Sometimes I don't really know what to ask God for. I think I know what I need to feel better, to think better, to live better, or just to go through life better. But God might be asking us this morning, hey, would you let me work on you? Would you let me take you deeper than maybe you're prepared to go? So somebody say with me, I want to go there. All right, I want to go there. I want God, who has got a bigger view of my life than me, to be able to have the authority to take me where I want to go. You with me? Amen. Amen. Sometimes the root of our problem in life is not always people, but it's our perception. Sometimes the problems we face in life are not just our situations, but it's our personal conditions, right? In fact, spiritual unhealthiness in Scripture we see often leads to mental, emotional, social, and even sometimes physical symptoms. The spirit and our spiritual condition can affect all different ways or avenues of our life. And in fact, sickness in Scripture is often a metaphor for a sin condition, all right? Sometimes sickness in Scripture is not talking just about physical sickness, but emotional sickness, even spiritual sickness. And that's what we're going to get into this morning, is that sometimes when I'm not in God's way of thinking or I'm not in God's way of feeling, or if I'm not in God's way of living, I get sick. 
I'm not living by his prescription. I'm not taking the Holy Spirit vitamins. I'm not eating uh, like I should and drinking like I should. And if you do that physically, if you eat junk food all the time, you're going to get sick. If you're not living a healthy lifestyle, you're probably going to have heart problems or this problems or diabetes or whatever. And the same is true spiritually. If I'm not careful how I'm thinking, how I'm living, how I'm partaking of God's things, if I'm not living the way God has ordained, I'll get sick. And you know, the result often is it's turning to self-medication. It's turning to ways I think I should fix myself. And so, for instance, let me give you some examples. of This might bring it home this morning. For instance, we can talk about uh, things like sexual promiscuity. Sometimes those are just symptoms of an internal issue of a lack of intimacy, ultimately intimacy with God and those He's ordained you to have with. Sometimes things like overeating or overdrinking or indulging in any addiction is a symptom of trying to fill some kind of personal void. Sometimes we have a, I know this is my vice when I was younger and still, if you ask my wife, is an unhealthy desire to argue, right? Sometimes that's the symptom of an internal struggle of pride that I think I'm always right. Maybe I am. No, not really. You know, like sometimes we have those unhealthy desires, those symptoms of something Deeper in our hearts, for instance, maybe it's an unhealthy attachment to material things. It's a symptom of greed. Or maybe you just put all these unhealthy emotional attachments together and just look and say, man, these things can result in physical issues. They can cause guilt. They can cause rejection. They can cause loneliness and depression. And if we're honest today, we can say we all have issues. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got issues. Ah, look at that. Y'all enjoyed that a little too much right? We all got issues. We've all got issues. Nobody's fooling one another here this morning. We're all broken. But whether you today are fighting against being impatient, maybe today you're struggling with being unkind or jealous or arrogant. Maybe you've been easily angered too much. Maybe you've had a problem forgiving wrongs in your life. Uh, Maybe it's secret compromises you've been giving over to when no one's around looking, those thought issues. Maybe it's you just ready to give up on people in your life. All these are places where we could say, I could take a shot, a booster shot of God's love, a little Holy Spirit medicine this morning, and say, God, I need you to heal a deeper place in my heart. I don't love like I should. I'm not having patience like I should. I'm not thinking like I should. I'm not feeling like I should. And maybe you're saved and you know God, but you're like, God, I just need a boost. I need that oomph to really think and feel and act the way I ought to. How many people are with me on that? And I say, God, I can always take a Holy Spirit booster shot. All right, so here's our solution this morning. God is a God who is so good. The Bible says in Psalms 103 that he loves to pardon all our iniquities and heal all our diseases. That is if we can do what James says this morning, to humble ourselves, repent, turn from our own way of living and thinking, draw near to God. And our ultimate promise this morning is that if you will draw near to God, what? He will draw near to you. That's a good promise. This is not a God who doesn't maybe want to help you. He loves to heal you. He loves to fix you. He loves to work on you. But we have to cry out to God, God, I want your help your way. God, don't just come down to this helicopter and ramp and and just land on my roof and just give me a quick fix just because I think I need just to get through to next Sunday. But God, if you want to transplant me to another place, God, if you want to change my condition, God, if you want to do some operation, some internal surgery, God, if you want to admit me to a Holy Spirit hospital ICU, God, I surrender 
to your way of fixing my mind, my heart, my life. Are you with me this morning? Somebody say, Amen. Psalms 107, Jesus has come to heal the places where sin has made us sick. He says healthy people don't need a doctor, but sick people do. He has come not to call those who think they are righteous, but to those who know they are sinners and need to repent. He's not looking for people who think they got it all together. He's looking for people to say, God, I know I don't have the right way. I want you. The question for you today is, how healthy are you spiritually? And when is the last time you felt God operating in your life? When is the last time God has had permission to work on you? When is the last time God has had permission? You could feel His hands changing your attitude, changing your mind, reshaping your thoughts. When is the last time you have allowed God's hands to really touch your life? Not just come for a quick Holy Spirit fix when a church service, but say, God, I want you... You know, the doctor is kind of an intimate thing, right? It's kind of a, I don't let any other person touch me like that except for my doctor and my wife, right? There's, you know what I'm talking about this morning? There is an intimacy. Those nurses in the room know what I'm talking about. That there's an intimacy there. And I have to allow God to say, God, I'll allow you to do whatever you want to do. I surrender to you. Your way is better than my way. Psalms 107, let's look there today. Disease days. It says this. I'm reading from the New American Standard. If you're there, somebody say amen. Amen. He says, fools, because of their rebellious sway, verse 18, and because of their iniquities, were afflicted. Because of their iniquities, they were afflicted. It says their soul abhorred all kinds of food, that the the spiritual place of their life affected the physical place of their life. See that? And it says, but then they drew near to the gates of death. It was almost over. But then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. And what did he do? How did he heal them? It says he sent his word and healed them. You catch that? Who's the word? He sent his word and healed them. He delivered them from their destructions. So now what's the result? Let them give praise or thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the son of men. Let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving. And then what? And tell of his works with joyful singing. Fools, because they didn't understand what they were doing in their life, because of their spiritual condition, uh, condition, it affected their outward condition. And he says, because they really hadn't allowed God to work in the depths of their soul, they almost came to the place of even physical, even spiritual death. But because they got so desperate, cried out to God, he sent his word, the word we're going to talk about in a second, healed them. And the result is not only to give them, give them verbal thanks, but also physical sacrifices. And the final result is let them tell somebody. When you get healed of a miraculous disease, you're going to tell somebody. We had a healing uh, just uh, last year with our good friend Lonnie Cater, who's working in our kids' department this morning, miraculously healed of what the doctors were sure was stage 4 cancer. And we told the world, put it on Facebook, telling everybody, because when God heals you, you want to tell somebody, right? And so let's look at this. I'm going to read this in the message just briefly because I, I want us to dig into it. It says this in the message version. Some of you who are sick because you lived a bad life. Your bodies were feeling the effects of your sin. You couldn't stand the sight of food. You were so miserable. You thought you'd be better off dead. 
Then you call out to God in your desperate condition. He got you out of the nick of time. He spoke the word that healed you. He pulled you back from the brink of death. So thank God for his marvelous love, for his miracle mercy to the children he loves. So now offer thanksgiving sacrifices. Tell the world what he's done. Sing it out. So let me just take you through this passage this morning, just like you're going to the doctor's office. And the first thing when you get a a pill or a thing of medicine, what does it have on it? It has a disclaimer, right? Don't sue us if you take this wrong. Okay, so I want to make sure you're about to take what I'm the medicine about to give you in the right theological condition. Okay, so here's the disclaimer. Here's the label on the bottle. This is this. We know that sickness has entered the world because of the fall of man in the garden, right? That God's perfect will is not that we would be sick, but it has happened, and it is happening around the world. And sometimes that sickness, though, is not the result of willful disobedience. Sometimes we just get sick. Sometimes we eat too much McDonald's and sweet tea and we have diabetes, right? Sometimes we eat bad food, we have heart disease. Sometimes just sickness is the result of our bad habits or our bad decisions, right? That's sometimes. But Job and Jesus both tell us that even righteous people will suffer. Remember, Jesus went to the lame guy and the disciples said, who's the fault here? Who sinned? His mom, him, whoever. He says, nobody. It's just so God can work in his life. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes we make bad choices and bad things happen to us. And sometimes the result of our spiritual condition, though, does produce bad consequences. For instance, God said in Deuteronomy multiple times, if you guys leave my covenant, Israel, right? If you leave my covenant, I will send upon you all the plagues of Egypt. You will step out of my hand where I can't protect you. There's going to be leprosy. There's going to be famine. There's going to be war. You're going to come under the captivity of the enemy. And all the blessings I had for you, you can't have. But yet all the curses the world is experiencing, they're going to come upon you. And God repeatedly shows us this in Scripture. Maybe this is something you never had before. But God did bring diseases on his people when they were disobeying him. Look at Deuteronomy 28. He would allow defeat in their life, but it was for purpose, to bring them back to dependency on him. Sometimes some of these bad things are allowed in our life to allow us to get humble, that we would get truly hungry for God to work. Do you understand that this morning? Amen. The Lord, the Bible says in Hebrews, the Lord disciplines those he loves. This isn't a popular message, right? But the Lord does discipline the people he loves. And God knows that this faithlessness in our heart is kind of a disease. And if he allows sin to really corrupt his people too much, that sin will not only cause physical problems in our life, it'll ultimately result in a cancer-like state where we actually spiritually die. And God loves you too much to allow the cancer of sin to take a believer from him. He will send anything he can. He'll send people in your life. He'll send circumstances. He'll send problems. He'll send all this stuff. If he could just wake you up and say, would you turn to me because I'm the cure for spiritual cancer. I'm the cure for things that are really corroding your life. And maybe you don't know you have it. Maybe you don't know you have. We had a member here just not long ago happened to go to a random scan and find out that they had cancer. And it was an act of God that they found it really early. You know, there's things sometimes we don't know we have, but we need to let God really examine our hearts and say, God, I don't, maybe, there, maybe I'm not where I ought to be. I think I'm an okay Christian. I think I'm doing pretty good. But God, can I allow you just to take an x-ray of my life? 
David said, search me and know me, O God. See if there's anything unpleasing in me. How many people think that's a brave prayer, right? Oh, Lord, I'm, not, I'm a little afraid what you might find out. Maybe there's more things in my life I got going on that I, that I don't know about. And so this is this part. So this is the disclaimer here. Sin and issues and sickness and bad things, it happens to good people and bad people. But sometimes there is sometimes where there are situations in our life we're unaware of and bad things are happening and they're used by God to bring you closer to Him. Whether it's your fault or the fault of a fallen world or the fault of someone else, at the end of the day, it's the same Lord, it's the same medicine. Are you with me? Okay. Now let me talk to you about the symptoms. So I gave you a disclaimer. Let me talk to you about the symptoms. It says, because of their iniquities, they're afflicted. You can be mentally, emotionally, even physically sick because of sin. For instance, Miriam, when she cursed Moses, her brother, God gave her leprosy. God had to cry, or Moses had to cry out for her healing. Let me give you another example. David in Psalms 32 said, man, my bones were weak. I moaned all night long. I was feverish because I knew I had unconfessed sin in my heart. And it wasn't until God put me through that bad night's sleep that I had to get along with God. And I found out God was really trying to get a hold of something in me. And that's David in Psalm 32. You think about Ezekiel. Ezekiel says that, man, Israel had gotten to a place where they were spiritually like dry, dead bones. And it was because of this that all kinds of bad things happened to the people of Israel. You think about Jesus when they lowered the man through the roof. And what did he say to that man? He said, your sins are forgiven. Get up. You're healed, right? It was the sin issue he addressed first that produced the healing in his life. Sometimes there's a connection there. Think about Paul in Corinthians. They were taking communion and there was a racial divide and an ethnic divide and a socioeconomic divide and they were getting drunk and the rich was versing the poor. And he says, the reason some of you are sick, the reason of some of you are even sleeping, even dying early, he says, is because you don't take the Lord's Supper right. There's racism in this church. There's division in this church. There's selfishness and pride in this church. And you're missing out on the healing power of God. That's the reason some of you are sick and not being healed. You see that? There is a connection sometimes with sin issues in our hearts that we are missing the full-on blessing of God. What is it about? Maybe there's an issue there with revival and the full joy of the Holy Spirit. We're seeing missed out in America today in many of our churches in our prayer meetings and saying, God, maybe it's issues in us that we're not really letting you take on. And that's why we're not living in the overflow of God's goodness. So, again, surgery this morning. How many people know sickness is contagious? Right? Many of us here in fighting this this year. Sickness is contagious. And sometimes, because we've been around sick people in the world, and we don't have the proper barriers on, we don't have the germics on our hands, the spiritual germics, we can get careless, we can come in contact with this stuff, and we can stop feeling God, we can stop hearing God, and we can even stop seeing God. When's the last time you felt God? When's the last time you heard God? When's the last time you saw God move in your life? Those are the symptoms. Let me give you the examination. Jeremiah said this, God, man, I have been weeping all night long. He says, why is my pain not stopped? Why are my wounds not healed? He's talking spiritually. He says, and then God says in Jeremiah 15, verse 18, he says, but Jeremiah... If you will return, I'll restore you. He says, before me, you're going to stand. And he said, if you will extract the precious from the worthless in your life. If you, you're, you're crying out to me, but Jeremiah, if you'll extract the precious from the worthless, you'll become my spokesman. I can use you. And then he says, for, for their part, the people's part, they're going to turn to you. But as for you, you can't turn to them. Don't look to people to save you. He says, Jeremiah, 
I will save you. Don't look to worldly ways for a fix. Look to me. So what's God saying there? Here's an examination. Just like David, search me, O God, and know me. Jeremiah is crying out to God. God, why do I feel this way? God, why am I struggling with this addiction I can't get over? God, why am I struggling with gossip or slander? God, why am I so impatient and easily angered? What is the issue in my life? Why don't I feel the blessing and the joy of God over these circumstances? He says, Jeremiah, just, just turn to me. Just cry out to me and make sure that the worthless and the, and the bad stuff and the good stuff are separated in your heart. And then don't look to the world for a fix. Jeremiah, look to me. I'm the Lord, your healer. I'm the one who's going to save you. So let me ask you this today. We looked at the disclaimer. We looked at the symptoms. Here's the examination. Is the joy gone in your life? Are you in a healthy state? All right, are you in a healthy state? What's the cause maybe of some bitterness in your life or some bad choices? Maybe you're reaping today from habits you sown way back when. Maybe it's lifestyles you've chosen. Maybe it's values been living by. And maybe there's some roots of things that are, have caused some unhealthy thoughts and behaviors in your life. And maybe, just maybe today, you've been self-medicating. Maybe today you've been turning to food. Maybe today you've been turning to a drink. Maybe today you've been turning to TV just to escape the blah of living life. Maybe today you've been sleeping more than you've ever slept just to feel, feed the numbness. Maybe you have been uh, turning to people and, and maybe it's a situation that makes you feel better just to talk to other people about it. But that talking about it really is not the solution. It makes you feel better just for a little bit. If I can just complain about my boss or my people or this person or this family member and I can just talk to someone about all these problems, oh sure, it makes you feel better in that moment. But it doesn't solve the issue, right? The gossip, the slander, the division never solves the issue. Or maybe today you've been running away. I've been trying to avoid that situation. I've been trying to avoid that conflict. I've been avoiding just going up to that person and addressing the problem. And all of these things, whatever group you're in, those are self-medications. Those are ways you're trying to fix it on your own instead of coming to God and letting God give you the answer that you really need. Somebody say amen. Are you self-medicating today? Because what's the medication you really need? Look in that verse. It says, he sent his what? His word and he healed them. Who's the word? Jesus Christ. The only solution you and I need in our lives today is the, the logos, the logos, the word, Jesus Christ. It's him. He's the living and breathing Word that when you think about Jesus, what did he do? On that day, he stepped into a scene, and the Bible says in the Old Testament, Jesus came to a day. He said, I saw that my people were like sheep without a shepherd. They were wounded, they were they were spiritually in a bad place, they'd been scattered abroad. They were lost and wandering around. There was no one, no good shepherd was there to bind their wounds, to heal them. So what did he do? He sent his son, the good shepherd, to come and heal all our wounds, to bind all our diseases and, and mend our souls. And he would come and show us that love of God. And when Jesus stepped on this thing, what did he do? It says he preached the good news to the captive and he healed all their diseases. Jesus was in a healing business. Healing was a big part of his ministry, and it was not just physical. Some of you today need an emotional healing. Some of you today need a mental healing. Some today need a relational healing. That God is going to, he's not just a one, one thing. He, he wants to do the whole body. When we pray for you and we speak God over you, I'm praying that God not just 
physically touches you, but He mentally touches you, that He spiritually touches you, that He emotionally touches you because God is a God who is here to help you. But are you ready for help His way? Are you ready for help His way? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this, The Word of God is alive. It's active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates the dividing the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. When my dad had back surgery, I remember them bringing in this needle. It was like this long. You know, if you ever had back issues before, and they stick that thing, they make you bend over on the table. I, I just, I'm picturing that this morning. God, this might hurt a little bit, but God, I know you can go down into the depths of me and find out why I... You know, psychology, they can, you can pay $100 an hour because that's what I was going to charge, you know, when I was going through school. You can pay $100 an hour to someone to sit on your couch and talk about their moms and issues or whatever. But God can do something just with a snap of his fingers. If you would just allow God to go to the places that you never let anybody in, you never told anybody about. If you could just get alone with God and say, God, go down to the depths. Give me that shot of your word that's going to fix me Well, that's going to change the way I think and feel. And, and God, I don't understand why I do the things the way I do. But Lord, I know that you are the answer for my life. I'm desperate for God to move in Heath Harris. How many say amen? You are desperate for God to move. I'm going to give you real, three real quick things to take home with you today. How do you apply this message? There are three cries I want us to get to so we can get this home. And, and, I, and mostly that we're going to go to a time of prayer here because it's not the sermon that's going to help you. It's going to be an encounter this afternoon with the Word of God, Jesus Christ. But you have to cry out to Him, all right? How many people are sick of being sick? You ever got to that point in your life? I'm sick of being sick. It said their soul hated all kinds of food. They drew near to the gates of death, and then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distress. The first cry we want to cry today is a cry of repentance. God, I know I'm not where I ought to be. God, I am sick. It's an admission that I'm not what I want to be. It's a cry of repentance. David said in Psalms 30, when he was sick, he said, Oh, Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you healed me. And here's the good news. When you fail, you can still cry out to God. He's not in the business of helping people who think they got it all together. He wants you to admit it. He, you have to admit it. God, I'm not a perfect Christian. Heath Harris has fallen so short of the glory of God. I am not a perfect man. I'm not anywhere close to it. And if I can just humble myself, that's where God's going to meet you today. It's going to meet you at a place of brokenness. And that's why we say to our church, welcome to the broken. If you think you got it all together and you're doing a pretty good job, you are in the wrong church. You just are. Because I, I, we can't help you. And only God can come to you and say, Hey, 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 would you let me in? Would you let me take you there? And so welcome to the broken. We fail, we cry out to God. He's promised, he said, if you'll humble yourself and pray, seek my face, turn from your own ways. I'm going to hear you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to heal you. And it's like Esau. The Bible says about Esau in Hebrews 12 that Esau wept with his father for many times. He, he, he wept great tears for a blessing, but God didn't hear him. Why? Because it was just emotion. It was just a show. It was just a raise my hand, come to an altar kind of thing. It wasn't the depth cry that David had that said, God, do whatever you want to do to me. I'm at my wit's end. I don't care if i got to publicly say something. I don't care if i got to 
stand on my head. God, I don't care if I got to go tell people at work. God, I don't, whatever it is, Lord, I am, I'm just so tired of being sick. I want to feel the joy of the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to feel the peace and the love, Lord, and I cannot move from this place until I sense your touch. Because sometimes we just say, God, help me, and then we raise our hands, hope that it worked, and we go out those doors and go try to live another Monday. And you're tired. If you're just tired this morning, God, I'm desperate. I'm desperate for a touch from you. It's been a long time, God, since I've had a true touch of the Holy Spirit. That's the cry of repentance. Number two is this, the cry of confession. James 5 tells us if you are sick or suffering, then pray. He says if you're cheerful, then, then yeah, sing praises. But if anyone is among you sick, Call for the elders of the church and lay her to pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And look at the connection here. Not just sick, but if you've committed sins, you'll be forgiven. And it says, but confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be what? Healed. Because the effective prayer of a righteous man avails much or accomplishes much. James is connecting the dots for us. He's saying there's a connection with these sin issues and physical and spiritual healings. You need to make sure that you get everything right with God so that God can do whatever work there is in your life. And he says a big part of that is confession. Nobody likes confession, but confession is a true sign of repentance. It means I'm no longer ashamed that I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I've done bad things, and I'm not ashamed to tell somebody because I know God is forgiving and has forgiven me. I'm not ashamed of His forgiveness, and to be forgiven, you've got to be a sinner, and so I'm confessing. Number one, I confess to the Lord that I'm a sinner, that I need God to work, and even as a Christian, I'm not perfect, and I still need God to work on me. I haven't arrived yet. Even Paul said I hadn't arrived yet, so I'm pressing forward, so I'm confessing to God, but also sometimes I need to confess to other people. Maybe I've said something about you. I need to confess to you that maybe I said something I shouldn't have. Or maybe that you did wrong to me. And the Bible says, or Jesus says, hey, just leave your gift at the altar. Be reconciled with your brother. God's not going to hear your prayer. If you and your brother are ought, you're fighting, there's disagreement. They might not even know it. But Jesus says, it's on you. You can't be healed. You can't receive the joy of the Holy Spirit. You can't receive the blessing of God until you make things right. Confess it. Confess it. Be healed. Receive your healing. And sometimes... There are people who've wounded you years and years and years ago. You've been holding on to that, that root of bitterness, that anger, that unforgiveness. And you need to confess that before God. And if possible, make amends. But sometimes it's not possible. Sometimes more harm comes than good. And so what you do, you come to one of our spiritual elders. You come to a small group leader and you say, hey, I need to confess something. I can't make it right with this person. Maybe they're dead. Maybe it's a, a parent who's gone on that really hurts you or harms you. Maybe it's a, a previous spouse that it's not possible to talk to that person or whatever. But you can confess that before the Lord with the person you trust who's going to keep confidence. And James says that's the beginning of the healing process with you. God's got to get it all out in the open. You've got to make it. And here's the deal. When you get those things out in the open, the devil can't beat you over the head with it anymore. He can't shame you with that anymore. You confess secret issues. He can't say, nobody knows. You know you're not a bad, you're a horrible person. You know God's not going to forgive you. But if you get it out in the light, and it's in the light, and God knows, and you know, and it's okay, he's forgiven you. And so who's hurt you? Who have you hurt? Maybe who have you spoken against? The Bible says you're going to be judged for every empty and idle word. And I think that goes on even to the thought 
Jesus judges at the thought level. What idle thoughts and empty thoughts, bad thoughts we've had about people. Confess those things to the Lord and to someone who's spiritually mature. And let that healing begin. And lastly is this, the cry of thanks. A healed people are a thankful people. And it says when this began to happen in their life, and I'm closing with this, it says they gave thanks to the Lord for His loving kindness. They offered sacrifices of thanksgiving and they told His works with joyful singing. You know when, uh, worship team, would you come? You know when you are a sick person, people can tell it. You're sneezing, you're coughing, you're feverish, you check out. That's how we know you're sick. You don't show up to church very much, right? You're not showing up to work very much. You're coughing on everybody else. But what is a healed person look like? I think it's just the opposite. Man, when I see a person full of the joy of the Holy Spirit, I know it. When I see a person who is plugging into a local church, I think God's working in their life. When I see them using their talents and their gifts and the abilities they have for the Lord and they're making sacrifices with their life, I notice a healing process happening. And the last is when they are telling of His works with joy. You know God has done something in their life. And here's the question I'm ending with for me. Heath, how joyful are you at Walmart? How joyful are you in bad situations? How, how much sacrifice that's joyful am I giving? Do I do the things of God laboriously? Do I, do I do it as just rote mechanism? Do I go through my life just not happy? Because when's the last time you felt the joy of the Lord be your strength? That you know, man, I am I'm living on that vitamin C, Holy Ghost stuff. I'm, I'm happy in Jesus. I'm overcoming this world. This world is not overcoming me. Because let me tell you something, we got some pitiful Christians in the world today because we're sick and we don't even know it. We're coughing, we're sneezing, we're getting contagious. And guess what? That lull of worship, that depressing worship, that woe is me mentality, the people who don't like to talk about Jesus... That rubs off a lot more than the people who are joyful. And sometimes we bring joyful people down. True? And it's not a bad thing, church. God is a God who loves to heal us. He has come and He sent His Word here today to restore you to a place of spiritual overflow, of blessing. Amen? Are you ready to let God do a work in your life?